Hey guys, just so you know, the following episode, we had a few technical issues with microphones. Um, you know, we're supposed to be sound guys, but we didn't quite get it right this time. Uh, so apologies in advance if the audio is a little bit subpar, but we'll be back to normal next time. Enjoy. Something to about. What is up, everybody? My name is Cam. And my name is Jordan. Welcome to... Distorted Views, Something to Scream About podcast. <laughs> I don't think you've ever done an intro. No, that's why I was just like, I don't know what to say. But I'm here for it. Um, episode 18. Wow. 18th episode. And we're a month behind because I decided to get up and leave and go and disappear straight for a month. UK. Um, did UK and Europe Everywhere. trip. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was honestly fabulous. You know, people forget how awesome it is traveling outside of your comfort zone and your hometown to see what the wild world out there has to offer. Seriously, um, yeah, some really cool things out there and uh, encourage everybody to go out and see it. But this isn't about me. This is not about my trip and my, <laughs> my story. I was sick for three weeks. So that's all. Yeah, Cam was sick. Um, music, though, so that's good. That's right, yeah. Well, basically, let's just catch up. Let's go back through some housekeeping and catch up, first of all, on what uh, people may have missed in the last couple of months. So, yeah, obviously me being away for a month of it, uh, the last month, and then prior to that, uh, we were pretty much just in the studio finishing off some music and Glitch, which you would have seen yeah, you come out. Have, that's out now. So, you know, go have a listen to it, Spotty, YouTube. Just yeah. on views glitch. We did a um a visualizer uh, on YouTube, so there's some cool little visuals to go with it as well. So check it out. Let us know any feedback if you have any on the new song. It's always nice to be putting out new music. We have <coughs> we have stacks of new music. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of music, yeah, we're now um you know making some changes in the last month. So pretty much we've been, as you guys would know, we've been on a hunt for a new guitarist, um, trying a few different people out, you know. Um, anyone who's in a band knows, you know, it can be a very long process, especially when you've already got, you know, your footing going and, and music already out there. It's, you know, it's a lot of tabs that need to be written out. There's a lot of nuances and, you know, oh, we have to mute here and, you know, you, you let this part ring out and all these little things that, you do in a live show and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot to catch these people up on and, you know, having multiple different guitarists try out and trying to find a good fit. Um, it's a long process. So um, I'll probably just segue into it now anyway. So here's an update with us for housekeeping is like we've decided to become temporarily a trio, um, me, Jordan and Zach, you know, yeah. just, just doing – what we what all of our talents bring to the table so i'm gonna uh not necessarily take a step back from vocals i'm still going to be doing vocals where i can but really letting zach's talent come in now and, and and putting him up the front as the as the front man and and letting his screams really dominate the music for a while and me playing guitar full-time and yeah letting jordan on the drums and then running bass through our front of house until we find a bass player yeah i think um <coughs> Part of part of all this uh, kind of adaptation we're having to go through. Obviously, you know, we launched with Matt um, and Zach as the two new guys. Matt sadly wasn't um, up to the challenge. Um, it wasn't something that he wanted to do, which is totally fine. It just, as you say, it means that we sort of have to repeat the process, finding new people and going through the taking the time to teach them, bring them up to speed, 
And often that can really kind of slow proceedings down as to how much time you normally have to dedicate to certain things you're having to then spend to catch somebody up. And then obviously when somebody then uh, might not be able to continue on or have the same level of commitment, it just <clears throat> leaves you right back at square one to having to, to go yeah. through this process. It ends up being like, are we in a band to write music and play shows or are we in a band to endlessly try people out and put you know a lot of our attention into catching people up for two, three months just for them to turn around and say the project's not for them? Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, and you know, which is fine. It's yeah. just it is what it is. It's just part of being in a group environment, and the fact that people are able to leave and join different projects so freely these days, it just leaves us in a point where we've just got to focus on us, what we have, and what we're able to create with the three of us that are dedicated to being here. Yeah. And um, and you know, obviously, we really want to be on stage. So playing shows is kind of a part of where we're having to adapt to our music so it's playable um, with just three people. Yeah, and luckily, you know, being producers, we we have little workarounds and, you know, we have good technology and good gear. <coughs> um, fucking got hay fever and stuff today, guys, so I apologise. I'm going to be coughing throughout <laughs> the entire podcast. I have not smoked weed. My eyes are red from sneezing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... But you know we got we got some new gear. We can talk about that later. But yeah, there's ways to send and receive signals, and you know running bass through front of house is is a way that you know with backing tracks everything can still be lined up, and you can get that live sound of of low end in your songs without actually having a bassist there. Now we would we would prefer a bassist there because it you know looks cooler. It provides to the live show. You know nobody wants to just be like a DJ and press play and just let the song play and. You know, it's not as much of a performance, but the live drums, the live guitars and the live vocals will all still be completely live. It'll just be the bass at this point in time that'll be through front of house. But exactly like what Jordan was saying, we, we want to play shows again. We want to get out there and make music. And uh, the last six months or even longer, it's just been us trying to find another guitarist, trying to find someone to fit, you know, the groove and the, and the, and the commitment. And obviously, as you would gather, we're very committed and very serious and you know we not a lot of people vibe with that which is completely fine but playing shows will allow us to meet that person in the crowd that goes oh you guys put on a hell of a show i love your music like i would love to jump in and then maybe we might meet a guitarist that way instead of us dedicating so much time to talking and feeding through messages and facebook groups and websites and all these things that way we could just put our attention to let's just make music and play shows because that's what it's about, right? Yeah, 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 totally. So, so, yeah, we don't want to waste any more time kind of going through that. Let's try and organically find somebody, yeah. which is very difficult. But, you know, as you say, we're just going to put ourselves out there, keep making the music and doing what we can do. And eventually someone will rock up and be like, you know, yeah. we try out and he'll be the one. That's right. He'll be the one for us. The charming, <laughs> charming. <laughs> yeah, so so that's kind of um, yeah where we've been. Uh, we have been focusing on writing the music, but it has been a sort of primarily written for dual guitars, um, which means a lot of the music that may be coming out that we're going to start pushing out that's already finished is is not technically able to be played without that second guitarist. So we're having to adapt our set, maybe bring in a, a few new tracks that allow us to play some three-piece stuff and then, uh, you know, try and maybe bring some of those songs back in once we've got that extra member. But for now, yeah. we just really have to kind of focus on music that we can play and uh, put out what we've worked on. But 
Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean the songs have to go in the bin. It just means right now we can release them. You guys can listen to them. But, you know, when we play live, we just will have to, you know, have them on the sidelines waiting until we can play them live. And then eventually we'll be able to. But yeah, we'll, we're writing some new stuff now that that's actually doable live, which is, you know, the silver lining. It's like we're writing more music. We're back to being, you know, writing more songs and, and, and getting on that grind to be able to play live. And, you know, even if it's just small little shows and little venues, man, like I'm keen. You know, I miss miss putting on shows for people and playing. And even if they're like, you don't get paid for them. Yeah. It's still fun. It's getting out there in the scene. It's supporting other bands and other talent. And it's just, that's something I think we've missed. So it'll be, it'll be really fun getting back in the scene again, I think. That's very true. Um, and I think, yeah, kind of that brings us nicely into what I wanted to talk about kind of as a main topic today, uh, which is, is putting on a good show. Um, mm. And not necessarily from the point of view of like, you know, having good stage presence and knowing your parts and kind of this kind of thing. Like everyone knows that to play a good show, you need to know the music that you're playing. So that's a given. But I'm talking about more sort of in terms of, you know, personally, when I go up on stage, even though I might know the songs very, very well, I will get this sort of anxious nervous excitement to to be playing to to perform well to have a good show to not make a mistake to you know make sure that every hit is like on point and that pressure especially when you've got a whole audience in front of you or and the lights are on you know there's like cameras in your face and things like this it gets very daunting and 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 like nerve-wracking to get up there and play as if nobody's watching you in your bedroom when you can just do it without thinking so I guess like, um, you know, I'll just sort of talk to a few things first and then if you've got anything you want to add, then jump in. But um, when I, like, as I say, when I'm going up on stage uh, beforehand, I think there's like a, a big thing to be said for pre-show rituals or pre-show warm-up. You know, how do you get yourself into that mindset of like, all right, I'm about to go on stage and smash it? Um whether that be for a lot of artists that we know, like uh, say Slipknot, they get their makeup done and they put on their masks and stuff and that's their kind of... Transition. Yeah, they're getting into character and they're getting into the zone of, of, all right, we're about to put it on a Slipknot show. Um, You know, for us, we don't have masks or, you know, face paint or anything, but we still want to go into character as distorted views and really emulate our music and our energy up on stage. So beforehand, I'm kind of in my own sort of like corner, maybe playing out on my lap, some of the, some of the drum parts and kind of getting into the feel of each of the songs and trying to embody what I think is going to be the right performance kind of, um, I don't know, persona. One, put on. one thing I've learned would definitely be is like just having fun, <coughs> like literally having fun up there and not being like, mm-hmm. like you know, not every note needs to be like when they're not, we're not playing a studio record here. Like people aren't necessarily coming to watch you play and nail that riff note for note for note. Like, yeah, you got to play the song and you got to know the song, but you know, sometimes it's more about, you know, just having fun and enjoying yourself. And then when you're enjoying yourself, your energy gets put onto the crowd and then the crowd enjoys themselves and they put that energy back onto you. Um, 
Like, yeah. Even just a leeway thing, just because I'm freaking ADHD, <laughs> like sidetracking here. But I'm thinking, like, when I watch um, some bands, like I think it's Polyphia, they're really, really technical, and they have to be technical because, uh, sorry, they're really, really technical, and they have to be stationary when they play because it's so technical. Yeah. But for me, just my own personal, even though I think their music's awesome, like watching them live, I've seen some videos of them play live and they, they just stand there. Yeah. But they have to because it's like this. Because they have to con- let's get it's, the tongue out to the side, concentrating. Yeah, like. and I'm like, <laughs> you know, sometimes for that, like if I was sort of relay that to like our stuff, you know, like if I was just standing there, even though our stuff's nowhere near as technical, so we have an excuse to be able to jump around. But, yeah, like not, you don't have to like, stand still and be like, okay, I need to play zero now and mm. one and then da And like even if you nailed the whole song note for note perfectly, if you just stood there and played, it's nowhere near as good of a show as if you were just head banging and jumping around. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah, you may fucking stuff a note up here and there, but the crowd's gonna just love it. Like it's, you know, I personally love it when a singer hits a note and they and they're slightly flat or slightly sharp. Because I'm like, that's them live. That's their voice. If they were just hitting every note absolutely perfect, I'd be like, oh, they're probably auto-tuned or they're probably <laughs> got, you know, their backing tracks are probably really loud. and Yeah, you, you know, actually like to have some of that live yeah. um, discrepancy between yep. perfection and imperfection. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Just having being able to sort of relax that tiny little bit, take the pressure off yourself. If you've done the preparation leading up to the event, you've practiced, you've rehearsed, you know kind of the songs, where all your cues and everything, that is your time to go up there and have fun Just and enjoy, enjoy yourself, it. man. Have fun and the crowd's going to see that and they're going to feel that and they're going to give that back to you. Like mm. there's nothing like a greater feeling than when you're hitting like a heavy chug and you see like people in the crowd just going like, yeah, and like yeah. their head. You're like, what? Oh, it, 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 it literally gives you energy. Like it's, it's this human connection where like you're doing something to them, they're reacting to it and giving it back to you, which makes you do it stronger and it's like this push mm. and pull. It gives you the confidence and it also, yeah, reinforces like, yeah. Uh, you know, I often find that I'm so nervous waiting for that very first hit for the song <laughs> but then once, you know, you're 30 seconds in and you started playing it's, already, it's, it's like, gone. oh, okay, yeah. cool, like it's it's totally gone. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, <coughs> going into that kind of thing, like let's let's maybe talk about kind of both of our experiences in, in that. So... When I'm, we go on stage, we've got the intro coming, it's building up. I know that like there might be a, a beat, for example, I've got to go straight into or a fill that leads into the main thing or just even just a hit. Uh, I've got to put myself in that, that beat or that groove before it happens. So I've got the click track. I'm lucky that we play with a click and things like this. I mean, if you don't have one, you can just sort of hum it to yourself. But... I'm singing myself the the line or the riff many times over in time to the click. So I'm locked in already before I hit the first beat. Because if you're waiting for that first one and then trying to get in, you're already going to spend that half a bar or two bars to catch up to get in time already. So if you lock yourself in before you even get to that point, when the first hit comes in, you're ready to just jump in and you're in the groove, you're locked in, it should seem I, a lot seamless. Yeah. I also do something similar where, like, I'll sing the riff in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <coughs> like, 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 literally, like, that's stupid. Like, if you listen to this, you're probably laughing. 
but that's literally what I'm doing. Like, and then my fingers are going, and like I'm literally thinking, in my head. Yeah. And it really, really helps. It does. It's just locking you into what you're about to play and then sort of preempting it so that you're ready to roll on your first dot. And in regards to like anxiety and performance anxiety and, you know, things, you know, before stage or whatever, like, I find this is just for me, but looking at the crowd and actually making eye contact with people, especially strangers, straight away is like it helps so much because it's the scariest thing to do. And if you just, as soon as you get up there, you lock eyes with someone and you're like, give them like a, like a thumbs up or you're like, yeah, you're like, you ready, man? Like, you know, yeah. You yeah. Just, I don't know, like even if it's fake, even if you like, you're not, you're putting it on and it's a persona. It's like you get past that wall of like, I'm in front of strangers and you know, I, you know, whatever. And plus you start to make a connection with the crowd. Cause I've done it. I did it at that small gig. Um, wasn't Flaming Galar. Was it Flaming Galar? No, the, the other really, one in the really, valley. Really small one. Yeah. Um, I know what the you mean. The people were like freaking a meter in front of us. It was like, we'll come over the venue. It might have been a Skulligans. Anyway, cool little bar in the city, um, in the valley. And yeah, like, because the very small bar, the crowd's like right in front of you. I just started like looking at people and, you know, making eye contact and being like, you know, and just being like, like, yeah, I was ready. Like, we're about to go. Like, yeah, like, come on. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And then just. You, they give you a little smile or they give you like a look of approval or a head nod or they do something and it just it really gets rid of that that butterfly in your stomach just starts to go away and then like you said as soon as the first note mm. hits it's like you just you're euphoric you're like it's so true because you want to be like yeah you're just trying to push these nerves away fake it till you make it in a way like just to kind of trick yourself in your nervous system because you know how to do it it's just a matter of getting past that initial nerves and then Everybody wants to be in, you know, what you might term as the flow state. Like everybody wants to be in this, this state of just like, you know, when you can kind of just almost... You're lost in the music. Yeah, you're really? lost in it and you can almost watch yourself play it like from a third-person perspective. You're kind of looking down on the situation or you're just so ensconced in what you're doing. There's like it's just happening. All your your muscles and your body is just doing it. And that's the idea because you can get and have fun in that yeah. state. Because you'll see other bands too, like especially beginner bands, when they play, they'll um, a lot of them stand with their back to the crowd or they look really awkward where they're in there in that intro stage while they're waiting to like start the set. And I, I, I personally don't like when bands do that because I'm just like, you, you're not facing me, dude. Like, where's the, like, put the show on. Like, look at me. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, let's make something here. And, you know, a lot of them, they'll turn their back to the crowd and they're, like, looking up and looking at the roof. And, like, you can tell that they're awkward. I can, yeah. if you're awkward on stage, I can feel that you're awkward and it makes me awkward watching you. But if you come on bullshitting out your ass and pretending that you're the fucking man, like, you know, and the band's awesome. Yeah. And to pull on this killer performance and you're like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, who are these guys? Like, yeah. Even if your music sucks, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's a part of the show. Like, it just, I it feel is. like it works better. Yeah. It really is. Um, and just sort of having that energy coming up just translates, confidence translates, all of it. Having fun, like you said before, translates. It's That's what you're trying to do is, is basically give the best message of your performance across to the audience. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I, other, I also find um, that's kind of comes along with this anxious feeling is... Going too much the other way. 
like adrenaline, like you yes. too hard the other way. Yes, like, exactly. Go from, oh, I'm too shy. Oh, oh, like that yeah. other band we saw where they were like yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say their name, but there was a band that we went and saw. We were playing on the same bill. I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm just giving it That's away. That's right. At one of the shows. And they were just yelling at the crowd, like, like not like, yeah, come on, guys. You know, not, not it was like literally like, Get the fuck yeah. off. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. Oi, get to the front. Well, yeah, well, Listen like, to our music. Yeah, we're, like, <laughs> we're just laughing because we're like, why are you abusing us, bro? Like, stop yeah, yelling. Relax. I feel like we're in trouble. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, but that can be performance anxiety as well because you can be like um, so nervous that you're like, oh, I'm just going to come out there with heaps of energy, but then it's like nervous energy. And then this can translate to playing guitar. Like, you know, you might pick the notes way too hard and then you start strumming, you know, strings you're not meant to, and then it becomes very muddy and, you know, just not as clean. Same thing with vocals. Like, I remember the first time I rapped, this is not even in the band, this is way back when I was doing just hip-hop, and I rapped my first gig and I had so much energy and wanted to put on such a big performance, I was just yelling into the mic, like just yelling, like mm. not even rapping. Yeah. Like it was like I was still flowing and stuff, but it was like, you know, instead of being like illegitimate cynic is trying to make me get an affiliate, I was like illegitimate cynic is trying to make me get an affiliate. I was just like yelling. Yeah. And then because I was freaking nervous. And then um You just get hyped in this like yeah. you just push and it's like you can blow your voice out, especially if you're a screamer. Like I remember watching Zach perform for the first time, um, uh, you know, and he had he got put up on stage yeah, for a right. band he was what uh went to see. And I just remember he was just going hard as and just knowing how he sounds, you know, in real life and then seeing him on stage, I was like, dude, if you went that hard for an actual set, you'd yeah, probably you'd like, pass out. Because like, <laughs> you do, you just get so much adrenaline and... Yeah, we've all seen, you know, like a drummer that counts in way too fast and then like within... Oh, I don't know, a few bars, everybody realises that you're going yeah. way well, too fast. if you're on time, it's like if you're hitting the drums as hard as you freaking can, That's you true. might gas out. Yeah. You're halfway through your seat, you're like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Like, yeah, that's you know? very true. I actually even did that at Moondog. So mm. I, I fractured my elbow skateboarding and then I did <laughs> Moondog Festival and I couldn't play guitar, so I just did vocals. And because you know, I had a bit more freedom, I was like running around stage and I've never, because I've never done vocals for the band, just me. So not having the guitar and the chord and all the, like, um, things stopping me, I was like, oh, I've got all this freedom to hold the mic and <laughs> run around. Dude, I got so gassed because I was jumping and I was, like, like stomping around stage yeah. this video of me doing it. <laughs> and then it got to, like, the rap section. I was like, roll bus to the grave or grow slave. Otherwise, you'll like to change it. I was like, I couldn't breathe because I freaking had no cardio. I was like... So, yeah, that's another part. Just, like, sometimes you got to take the foot off the gas pedal and not go mm. not go so freaking hard, you know? That's so. very true. It's like it's all of these little things that you don't think about when you're in rehearsal because you're in a much more relaxed and kind of stable uh, <laughs> mindset and sort of body feel. So when you're going up there and the pressure's on and, like, all this rehearsal you've done and practice comes down to this moment and, like, you know, the lights, cameras, it's all here, it's kind of like, you know, shit. Better, yeah. better pull this off. Um, but then, you know, obviously, as you said before, like you don't want to get uh, tied down with playing exactly the right notes because you want to go up there and have fun. But there are times when you'll make a mistake. So how do you personally, like if you make, say there's a part that you find really difficult, I'm interested to hear what you say because I'll tell you mine after. But like say there's a part coming up that's difficult to play 
and you're thinking about it. Oh shit! Here comes this little riff that I fi- I find really well, difficult, and then you you stuff it. Luckily for me, none of our music's hard enough. Oh, I'm just so fucking good. I just, <laughs> no. oh, it's just, I don't mean, no, it's no. all too easy. Everyone who listens to our music knows it's not hard. It's true. true. However, Simple. I will say Glitch will be the hardest song that I've written. Yeah, okay. So, so say. Glitch would be. Yeah, would be even like put yourself fastest, in that. It's probably the fastest song. Um, the other songs, to, just before I go on the Glitch, so guitar wise, there's nothing, but that's not because I'm that good of a guitarist. It's just the stuff that I've written is quite easy to play. So right. it's it's not, but I have forgotten vocals before, forgotten lyrics. Yeah, I did it on our very first show for Misfit, and it came into the all my life for Misfit looks like my brain is unlinked, and I just I just fucking blanked. Yeah, that's my instinct. But that, 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 that you know what I mean. I just stood there, and then I was like, "Fuck, I'm blanking." And l- what I did was I just stayed calm because I've been there before. I was nodding my head and I started playing my guitar yeah. to make it seem like, you know, if there anyone was, didn't yeah. know the song, they would have been like, oh, this is just an instrumental section. Yeah. And then when it came back to me, I just went back to the mic and just kept rapping. Okay. But I made sure <coughs> to not just stand there and fucking look at the sky like, oh, fuck. Yeah, not like you don't you don't stop. You still try and busy yourself and groove with it and try and kind of like stay musical and stay in the song. Just yeah, yeah. Staying musical is a really good idea. <coughs> um, you stay. Yeah, you're dying a little bit today. That's all right. I'm um, sick. I don't think I just I had hay fever this morning and I was sneezing heaps and then like and it's just the perfect time to do a podcast. So yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Um, fucking yeah. me. I'm actually, my ankles are actually. Yeah, I've tied couch. him underneath the desk so you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> got you got games. it like, yeah, nice hot stick. Do we have a thousand subscribers? Yeah, leave you will keep podcasting. <laughs> Rain, hail, or shine. Um, yeah, no, you're right. So that kind of thing is, is pretty massive, I reckon. Yeah. Because um, it's just like, well, all of these things, you know, just kind of knowing if you make a mistake to just sort of continue on and like don't get too bogged down with what just happened because like if I have a fill or something that's really difficult and I say I fluff it completely and it's just it just gets stuffed up, the worst thing you can do is continually think about that and go, oh, man, I stuffed up that last bit. Oh, that was so shocking. Imagine if, you know, everybody's seen that. Chances are they probably didn't, for one, unless you completely stop, throw a stick somewhere or, you know, do something dumb. Even if these things do happen, like people just will look at your ability to keep going yeah. more so than, oh, he just dropped a stick and then he was, it's like, oh, he dropped a stick, but he was still playing the left hand and he still like then came back in I straight rem- away. I remember watching Revoid play. This is a, I think they're a Brisbane band. I watch them play in Brisbane. They are really good. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Um, and I remember being really impressed by them. And then I saw the, after one of their songs finished, this dude right on stage, you know, might have been a tech guy for them or something. Yeah. Um, and he just like started fucking around with the dude's guitar. And then, you know, then he strummed something and then it all turned back on. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, his guitar was off that entire song. Yeah. But the guy just kept playing. It looked like he was playing. He was, yeah. he was playing. He was just playing nothing, no sound was coming out, but he just, he didn't freak out and just stand there and walk off and you mm. know, he still played the whole song with no sound because they had two guitarists, so he, like I didn't notice. Yeah. I think he was playing lead, luckily. If it was rhythm, it would have been really obvious. Yeah, but true. But he was playing lead. And then something happened with his whatever chain or whatever and then um, 
but he just played the whole song and they finished the song and then at the end of it the dude a dude came on stage fucked around with something and then he was back on and they kept playing i didn't even notice I was like, oh, I just seamless. Was cool. yeah. yeah, I was like, he didn't stop and go. Oh, well, that's it. That's it. Because like, even a lot of the people won't know, especially at our level, not going to know the music. So, you may as well just keep going. Just like take your mind and focus on the next bit, and just stay in that kind of flow state of just enjoying the music and just doing your best. Yeah. Um, another thing, staying, um, <coughs> staying musical as well. Yeah. I'm thinking I'll just. You know, sometimes I like to grab the mic off the stand and walk around, but then I've got to make sure I get back by the end of my verse to put the mic back on the stand and play guitar. And it's been a couple of times where I've missed it. You know, I've just been too into the rap or something and I'm walking around and then by the time I realise I'm at the end of the verse, I'm like, fuck, I've got to get all the way back to the thing. <laughs> so I was just taking my time because I'm, I already know I'm too late. All right? I'm like, I've missed my cue, but luckily my because I'm not playing rhythm, like, like I said, it's not important enough that people are going to yeah. be like, oh, there's no lead line underneath straight away. So what I've done is I've just walked back, let, del- like not deliberately, but missed my cue, put the mic back in and waited for like exactly eight counts mm. and then come in on the end of the eight counts so the song's looped back around and then it still sounds musically correct. That's true. And then, you know, anyone who doesn't, you know, you, you, you may have missed the original like, but as soon as the eight comes back around, and I'd like to start yeah, because you don't want to come in halfway through no, the section. And it looks like a mistake. Because then people like go, oh, yeah, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So having a bit of music knowledge can help as well of just being like, oh, if I just let the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, bah, yeah. and then you jump into it, then you're sweet. Well, this day and age, like especially with sets like ours with backing tracks and so much technology We're going be doing on. we automation in the future, guys. Yeah, Get ready. I know. So... This, we're basically just we're coming up with more and more ways to make things go wrong for us yeah. during a set. Pretty so, much. Well, like that's a big one that fortunately we haven't had to deal with in a live show element. We've dealt with it in rehearsal where backing track for whatever reason stops or cuts out, click track stops. Um, what happens? What do you do when you're in that situation? I mean, you us just as a plan and you just yeah. become the metronome. That's right. I saw the coolest thing the other day. I don't remember what band it was. It was a big, big band. And the dude, oh, it may have even been actually Polyphios, but um, whatever. Yeah, right. Um, and the metronome, the the, guitar, the drummer had a metronome in his ear and the thing crashed, the thing, whatever. And their fucking roadie guy oh, I came out That's and like- started tapping his leg. Yeah, and that's it like, right. It was like he put his he put his own headphones into the laptop and got it working again, and he was just that's right. And he was tapping, tapping the, drummer's the drummer's leg, leg to get the metro. Show the metro. That's so like, sick. I was like, it was so cool to like. I really want to have a team in the future. Like, if we ever get to like a big enough popularity, we can play across the world. That would be amazing, and I would love to have a team that's like <laughs> musically onto it. That's somewhat yeah. Notice things like that and, and like, set you up and yeah. just got your back in that moment. Because like yeah, because for me, like if the click goes, you're right. I become the metronome. Yeah. Um, you just hit the hi-hat or something. Yeah. Part where there's no, you know, no, no drums active. You just have to hit the hi-hat. That's right. Yeah. But the worst thing, imagine if we all just stopped and we're like, sorry, guys, uh, our click track just stopped. Yeah. And they're just going, you what? get really <laughs> offended too, like especially old heads, which is completely understandable because they're old school, right? So they, you know, like they, they think, oh, everything's computerized these days. And we're like, yeah, but I feel like you get people that are on two ends of the spectrum and I want to be in the middle. So I, yeah. I want to be an old school mind using new school techniques. So like I still want the show to be as live as possible can live can be, you know, because 
that's what it's about. You're playing live. It's, you know, you want that element there. But at the same time, if there's things I can do with technology to up up it, make it sound better, put put on a better performance, then I'm going to utilise those as well. But I don't ever want to be a band where we're like, oh, sorry, guys, our laptop's dead. We can't play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have ways of being like, hey, guys, our laptop's dead. We're still going to play, but it's just not yeah. going to be as... As full, yeah. yeah, full and is what it would be if we had the laptop. That's all. That's very true because you can have all of these synth elements and things in the background that add really, yeah, add to but the you performance. Can still play the songs without them. Yeah. See, I think you know another thing about sort of playing to a click um, that we can talk about is it's this sort of natural push pull that a lot of bands like to have with tempo in their stuff. So, for example. You might have a fast section that might stray a few BPM faster than the whole song and then you might have a really slow breakdown that comes down a couple of dB during the whole song and it just feels slightly better for both of those sections. Now I know like for instance Craig Reynolds from Stray From The Path, he does like he didn't used to play to a click, they didn't used to play as a band to a click Um, and then what he did was he recorded his whole tour for a month or something like that, picked the best versions of the songs that they played live and then mapped a click track to that performance. So say, for example, you know, whatever the song is, they played really well at one venue, he would go, oh, sounded really good here, we must have just sped up slightly, and then he just maps the click so it speeds up and slows down to whatever their best performance was, and now that's what they play to. Yeah. Which is a really interesting. A lot of bands thing. slow down fast songs too, like live only by like a couple BPM because you don't really notice it. And it's you easier know, to play. It's easier to play, and they can just nail it. And it's not them cheating. It's just that they can put on a better performance without a less human error. Yeah, especially for all these highly sampled and triggered, yeah. you know, sets that people have. It's kind of like let's just minimize the error here and make it like still raw without being well overproduced. I've not personally seen any bands, I don't know whether we're going to at Good Things Festival, that are like so heavily uh, focused on presets and samples and, you know, triggered playing. playing, they've they've got quite a genty, uh, genty sort of metalcore sound with a lot of like sound effects maybe they might have a backing track with some shit i'm sure there'll be a lot of backing track stuff there <coughs> it's all playing a good things no no they're not they're at that not fest, not fast yeah um so yeah I, I don't know like it'd just be really interesting to see how they manage playing some of these sets um i remember watching back in the day some guys that used to play the double pedal stuff and it really didn't do the same justice as the record because on the record it's yeah, nice the, clean triggers transients are like transients yeah really and then transient. live it's just yeah, noise. this whole like yeah just them you know <clears throat> spazzing out on the kicks and it's not mixed the same um so the translation from your record to being able to play that live really gets lost when you don't have the same level of precision mm. so then like you said bringing it down a couple of bpm um, sharing the load in terms of what's played in backing tracks and what's played live actually helps to put on a much better performance yeah. um, as a whole and closer to the record. And speaking of gear as well, you know, we've got some new gear um, that we've upgraded to, which yeah, is really, let's, really cool. Let's talk about gear for a bit. <coughs> so um, pretty much we've just been using the gear that we've me and Jordan have 
both um, accumulated. Accumula- I was going to say that. Good. Accumulated <laughs> over the years of our music production in our personal lives. John's like, oh, well, I got this. And I'm like, oh, well, I've got that. And we'll just, you know, piece it together. But now that we've been going for like, Jesus, now you're what, three years now? Two years? As a band. As a band, yeah. yeah. Um, as a band, like, but now we're like, okay, well, you know, we're pretty committed. We really like this. It's a great hobby to have, you know, outside of our personal music. So let's, um, you know, let's start investing in gear for the band. So now we've got a, oh, my God, I think it's like a 12-channel audio interface with sends and returns and receives and freaking everything. Um, so now we can send signals out and have multiple inputs in to this audio interface. So not only does that allow us to play a backing track to front of house, as well as a the exact same backing track, but with a click to our in-ears, we can now plug in through another output on my XFX, my guitar and the bass, and have the bass sent out to front of house by itself as a mixed stem, and then the bass sent to an actual uh, power amp, which will go into an actual bass cab, and then that'll play the bass through a bass cab live on stage sound as well as front of house sound. So you'll get best of both worlds. Yeah. And same thing with my guitar. I can plug my guitar in, uh, output one straight to front of house and then output one as well, but right straight to the cab. And then I can have on stage cab sound and front of house sound. Mm. And I can, out of an, out of output three, I can do a little shunt on the XFX three. And then out of output three, I can go straight to the in-ears. And then when I play, I have it in my ears and I don't have to have this wedge just blasting music in my, which is going to help with feedback and, you know, that yeah. sound when you get too close to it and pickups and, you know, the microphones are going to have less sound blasting at them. Um, it's very true. It's just best. It just puts puts more control back into our hands. Um, you know, and essentially, originally you playing guitar, you'd have your guitar going in through your pedal setup out of an amp cab on stage, then yeah, that, that cab gets people. mic'd up yeah. and sent out of front of house. But essentially, the soundy has all of that control. Yeah. Now we have the control to send to to have everything ready, sounding good already in the box. Yeah. Uh, from the axe effects, from you know the the pre-recorded bass, um, all of this and the sound effects. We then have the ability to run the mics and the guitars through this audio interface and send them multiple places at once. So then, no latency. Yeah, and all of the outputs are, uh, are uniformly gained. So you know, it's all, it's all. Yeah, and you can change the game manually if you wish to, but they'll they'll all be uniform. So, what makes it good too is it gives us the adoption to adapt to different venues. So let's say we go to a venue and they're old school and they go, you have to go out of a cab. There is no front of house like foyer or whatever. We can just go out of front of house. Uh, so we can just go out of cabs. Yeah. You know, if they're just like, you, we'll mic the cabs up and you'll have front of house, but we only want to do mic'd up cabs if they're old school. We can adapt to that. We can do that, you know. That's very true. And the other cool thing is that we're sort of getting closer and closer to being able to pull off is the individual in-ear mixes. Mm-hmm. So at the moment we only have one receiver Sorry, one send. Well, not, not at the moment. Our, our old, our old setup. We only had one. Right now, we're, now we're yeah we're, one. So like one sort of um, one channel or one set of mix that goes to everybody's in ears. Whereas when we can have individual packs that send different mixes to each other, then I might want more click, less of the vocals, less of the sort of main guitar. I might just want bass and and myself, a bit of drums sent back through so I can really lock into that click. Whereas 
as a vocalist, Zach wants mo most of his vocals in his ear so he can hear how he's doing. He might not need the click. He just wants guitars and drums and things like that. So we can adjust each mix depending on what yeah, the person we can get a, needs. We can get the, the mic'd up drum send and have, have, have a send back to our audio interface and to our in-ears so when Jordan plays, we can have literally his mic'd up drum. Yeah. Actually, that's one thing that we do need to figure out, just a mental note, um, is because when you do that and you send it through, there's going to be, like already we have zero latency for your guitars and things like that. But the drums for like live microphones, the same with the live cab setup. Yeah, it might be a bit. It's a slight delay, so you need to, like I can't remember off the top of my head, but once we figure this out, we can go into a bit more depth and explain it to everybody. I'll be like that pre-delay thing where you can have them all lined up, but... Yeah. Way, I mean, honestly, at this point, we can just have you having the click loud as fuck in your ear because that's what's the most important to you. And then you might want just a little bit of guitars and a little bit of backing track so then you can hear what part of the song I'm up to and, you know, being in sync with you. And then me, I'm going to want the click pretty loud because I, I rely on it and then the backing track pretty loud too because I use all those little rises and fades and all the little, like, since that come in to like help me know where I'm at in the song. Yeah. You know? Um, One thing I don't like about having in-ears is that I feel slightly disconnected from yeah. the like you, on stage. You, you and need the, the in-ears though because they're sound, they're sound protection. Yeah, sound protection is one big one, especially when I'm, <coughs> you know, surrounded by big metal symbols that I'm smashing. Um, I know what you mean though. It's just kind of like I know a lot of people that decide to sort of just flick one out so they can hear the onstage vibe as well because that's what the crowd's hearing. And, like, if you're disconnected and I'm, like, slamming on the drums and it's just kind of not fitting in the mix compared to everybody else, that translates to the audience and they're going, that drummer looks like he's in a world of his own mm -hmm. over there just playing along and it's like, I'm, well, he actually I'm really, is. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to having onstage sound now because we have that's one thing we haven't... Well, we've only done it once. Um because of that small venue we played where they made, they said you can only do cabs. But, um, yeah, having that on stage, like, you know, 2 by 12 or 4 by 12 cab behind you, giving that, like, real cab sound and through a 1,000-watt power, uh, power amp unit, you know, it's just like having that with the palm mutes and everything and really feeling the chum, 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 chum mm. behind me and then having the front of house being for the audience and I think it's just going to be awesome. So That's a good it's a good point. One one fix that I do know is quite a cool piece of technology that drummers have now is that they have um it's similar to this thing called a sub pack. I don't know if you've heard about sub pack before. It's for producers and basically it's like a fucking little camelback backpack thing and you just strap it to either your chair or to to you and then it's just provides the rumble of the sub. Oh. So whilst you're producing, you feel the sub vibrate your pack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like yeah. instead of having a sub in the room, you know, obviously your headphones don't go down below a certain thing. Yeah. This pack vibrates you to make it feel like you can feel the actual bass. So then you can tune around and play thing. And what drum stools have now is they're putting one of these in the seat. So every time you kick the kick drum, it sends a little through your seat so you can have some Jesus extra Christ. fun on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so, just like going, yeah. Oh. So if you see me with a really big smile after a double kick section, you know exactly what I've got you in stand my seat. Up and then yeah. the seats just like the, the seats just yeah. <laughs> you got the pole through it. It's a pole instead of a seat. Um, another really cool thing too is with the Axe Effects is a recent uh, update. The oh yes, you haven't told me about this. Yeah, so Axe Effects three FM three or FM nine is that what is FM whatever the FM fucking model. Um, so they've got set lists now. So this is really cool. So they um, realised that, you know, when people use these things live, um, they're going to be playing different shows and different shows call for different songs, different songs in different orders. Different songs in different orders means different presets played at different times. So now they've got this set list like option where you can make a set list at the push of a button and you can drag and drop on your computer like all of the presets and the the order of them with the song names. Oh, that's so, so good. like for us, you know, because we change tunings a lot, this is really good for us because we pitch shift our guitars so I'm not sitting there tuning every single freaking song because we go from B to A to G to F, drop E, like we dropped D sharp the other day, right? So we're making all these really cool different tuning songs. So... Uh, every time we change songs, even if I'm using the same sort of amp distortion and the same cab impulse response, you know, you know, the only difference will be EQ and uh, the pitch shifting, you know, so one semitone, two semitones, three semitones, depending on the, the tuning. So I have to change scene or change preset. And then if you're changing song as well, you know, you might have a clean section in that song like Suffocate where you have a clean tone with some reverb and then some, you know, uh, distorted guitar, whatever. So, yeah, the set list will, you can have different set lists and then you can just go into the, instead of going into a preset, you'll go into like a set list preset and it'll just have all of your songs in the order that you've that you've saved them in. That's amazing. And then as a click of a button, you can go from, you know, suffocate to alter ego to da-da-da-da-da-da-da and then it'll, it'll be like an invisible roadie at the speed of light is changing all of your sounds, different amps, different cabs, different effects, different pedals, different this and that. That's so perfect. And you're just changing your rig at a click of a button instantly. Um, and it really, really, really makes it great for live performances because, yeah, it's like... It's, I mean, that on, don't get me wrong, that's an amazingly great update, but it strikes me as something that's like a standard thing to think about. Well, it was already in there, so they already had it, but they didn't have the set list option. Right, so, so it's in there for... I know it was in there with scenes and yeah, whatever so the other one was. It was just your preset and you had eight scenes in there and you could flick between your scenes. But and now the, they yeah. have a set list where you can put multiple presets in one section and you can, like, bounce between them all, like, way quicker and it makes it way... Uh, so let's say you like from 500 to 510 is like your preset section. And that could be like a set okay. list. You can have all of your songs in there, but you may have the exact same set list, but the songs might be in a different order. For yeah, slightly or, different order. You know, well, you might... Um, this gives you more control over the over the, over the the live show and makes it very easy to make tweaks. You might be like, oh, do we can't play Suffocated this next show because whatever reason... That's clever. And then I can just easily just take it out of the set list but leave everything else intact without, uh, you know, fucking up the preset. That's so cool. Maybe you can do a tutorial in the next coming weeks once you figure that out mm. um, and put that up because, um, sure. I mean, you can even just for my interest so I can see <laughs> it, but I think that would be a good idea. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, um, I think, you know, that sort of covers everything that we wanted to sort of chat on today. Um, yeah. In terms of the next uh, next month, um, what's on the cards? Well, I, I kind of know what's on the cards, but I'm just sort of, you may as well explain kind of what we're well, doing music-wise maybe we'll a little of, bit. 
you know, now that we're a three-piece, we're going to have to write some new songs. So, <coughs> fuck. So we're thinking of all this hard work we've put into these other songs. We're thinking about just dropping them anyway. Um, and even though we can't play them live, um, we will eventually play them live as soon as we find, you know, a guitarist that'll fit into the project and, and you know, uh, want to put in the time and the commitment and, and who's passionate about the type of music we're making because... You know, it's also quite, I wouldn't say political, but we're very outspoken with our lyrics and stuff. So some people might hear our lyrics and they might like our music instrumentally, but then they hear our lyrics and they might not believe in the cause or what we're saying, which is completely fine, you know, to each is their own. There's no judgment at all. But so, yeah, while we're waiting on 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 the, on the a guitarist to come our way and, and, you know, we'll just drop those songs out so you guys can listen to them and jam them on your way to work and in the car and whatever. And then when we play live, we'll just play a bunch of different songs that are new, uh, new written songs, and you'll still yeah. be able to come watch us play live and it'll still be good. Yeah, that's right. So we're just going to yeah get back to writing some more stuff. You'll see some a bit more music from us and um, hopefully some more tutorials and things like podcasts now that I'm back and into the swing of things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. It's been uh, awesome to get back. We're also going to try and line up a couple more guests to bring back on the podcast because yeah. I enjoy having insights from other people. Um, good Things Festival, I think, is in a month exactly. So we might be doing this post-Good Things Festival, uh, the next one. So if anybody is going to Good Things in Brisbane, um, send us a message, meet up, yeah. come say come say what's up. Let's talk music and, uh, yes, have a good time. So... Thanks for listening. Anything else you want to say? No? Bye. All right. (laughs) Simple as that. (laughs) See you guys.